and hello and welcome to messages and methods i am your host shelly carney and i'm her co-host toby that's I mean, right i'm here for the laughs <laughs> we have a lot of them our special guest tonight is as you can see nicole christina we'll be talking to nicole about her amazing work as a podcaster and an author and uh, we look forward to hearing all about how that came about. You ready to get the show on the road? Let's go. If you are in your 50s or older, We've got something wonderful to share with you. Do you want to produce a live stream, podcast, and blog to quickly expand your brand and business? Or would you like to visit with us, tell us your story and share your message with the world? Experience Messages and Methods live stream podcast with Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Every week we come together to discuss topics related to Encore entrepreneurs, content marketing, live streaming video, podcasting, and blogging. We share stories, experiences, and knowledge to help others in their journey to creating a highly visible online presence. Subscribe today and become a part of our treasured community. Back to you. All right. So, good evening, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. My pleasure. Um, yay. And I would love to know a little bit about your life prior to becoming a podcaster and author. So why don't you fill us in on that beginning story? Well, I've been a psychotherapist for 30 years, which is why I have a lot of experience interviewing. There's a lot of similarities actually between interviewing guests and interviewing clients. Uh, so I have a specialty in eating disorders and uh, my office is right outside of Syracuse University. And uh, there are a lot of people who need services. So that's been kind of my my bread and butter, my mainstay for most of my career. And I started doing some online courses and I had a tech assistant and he sort of made this offhanded uh, comment. Um, little did he know how, how fast I jumped. He said, you know, you'd really be a good podcaster. You should look into it. Well, wow. that was three and a half years ago. Uh, he said it, and the next day I brought my little MacBook Air to a friend of mine's uh, home. She has a very interesting uh, hobby. She's a fly fisherwoman, so mm. she ties her own flies, and she goes in the streams. We live near the, uh, well, the Great Lakes and also uh, the Finger Lakes. It's very beautiful, easy to get out in nature, and she does work with women recovering from cancer. So she uh, does uh, work, uh, I think it's casting for uh, the cure. And I was just so really taken by her story. And we actually did a retreat together. And I thought, you know, Vicki will talk to me. She's, she's an easygoing gal. So I grabbed my little lop laptop, went over to her house, and I asked her about her experiences. She's, uh, she's uh, in her early 60s, and she told me why she is a fly fishing guide, 
what it does for her, what the history is, what it's like being in a male dominated field, what it's like catching fish, what it's like being with women in recovery for cancer in these beautiful places uh, on these streams. And I have to tell you, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who said this, but boy, after that interview, I thought I, I, I got to do more of this. It was so satisfying. And, you know, for me as a psychotherapist, it just felt so easy because I wasn't trying to figure out where do I intervene? What's the diagnosis? Mm -hmm. Am I, am I, am I seeing everything? How am I going to help them? Can I help them? All this Mm -hmm. stuff. It was like, wait a minute, this is the really easy, fun part. And, um, the rest is history. And I just happened to be the kind of person who, um, I don't know if it's bravery or, or just, you know, uh, being a bit foolhardy, but I found that you can contact a lot of people who you might think are out of your league, but if they're putting a book out or a Mm -hmm. show out or documentary out, lo and behold, you know, they said, sure, I'll be on your podcast. I'm still, taken by the guests that, you know, I've had the, uh, the, the absolute honor uh, to interview. Today, I interviewed a woman by the name of Lori Sokol. She's a very big um, activist, and she's friends with Gloria Steinem and hangs mm-hmm. out with Billie Jean King. And, you know, it's, it's really been a remarkable journey. And I think I echo a lot of what other podcasters believe. It's, it's just, it's been such an enriching experience for me. May I mention uh, something before you go to your next question? So there's a a pair of books uh, uh, that one was written in the early 1990s. The other was written in the early 2000s. And the titles of the book are Flywater, and they're about the same subject. But the first one was written by a gentleman, written and photographed by a gentleman who uh, had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he decided he was going to spend the rest of his life uh, whatever remained of his life, uh, going to some of the best fly fishing spots in the Western states. And he photographed them. He wrote about them. And it turned out to be a beautiful book. Anybody who, I own both of them. Are and, you a fly uh, fisherman, Toby? I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, my son ties, and I'm sure you know what a Clouser minnow is. Uh-huh, I do. Uh, well, we met Bob Clouser. And he said to my son, who's an adult, you know, these are pretty good Clouser minnows. And that Uh kind of made that like, (laughs) that's all he needed to hear. Um, It was, you know, he's like the Beyonce of fly Uh fishing. (laughs) Comment. Oh, we got a comment here. So I, I, I won't bore our uh, we, our audience in here to come talk about. It. But if you get a chance, look them up because they are very. Or for your lady friend, tell her to find them. Usually, you can indeed. get them on ebooks. Uh, but because they're very, if you're a fly fisher person, it's uh, a spiritual are, thing for many people. You, it's, you took the words it's right beyond, out of my It's beyond just and 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 most of the people are catch and release. There's not, right. you know, we're going to eat these little trout. No. Um, that's a, that's a whole long story, but they really treat these animals with deep reverence and appreciation. Yeah, that's how it is for those of us that do fly fish in New Mexico. It's rare that we, uh, we well, rare. It's, we don't take them. We take them out of the water and um, we fish with uh, barbless hooks and yes, back into the water. I so. know all about it. <laughs> Well, More than we'll, I ever, we'll have ever thought I would, believe me. We'll have another conversation. On we will. We will. Shelly, back to you. Uh, so I have a question is, um, 
you specialize in eating disorders mm -hmm. and yet your podcast is about aging. So how did that come about? Well, that's a great question. You know, um, what I was finding is that in addition to eating and body and self-image uh, kinds of issues that people were coming in with, they were aging like I am. You know, my clients are also getting older and they were talking not only about, oh, you know, I need to lose weight or uh, that kind of stuff, but like, okay, now what do I do? My kids are launching. I have a lot of teachers in my, um, uh, that come to see me and I'm not exactly sure what that means. I'm sure it's a very stressful job, but they can often retire at least in New York state around 55. Mm -hmm. And so they're saying, uh, I'm looking at retirement. I'm looking at my spouse and saying, you know, I want to go for a hot, uh, air balloon ride. I don't want to sit in my recliner watching the history channel. Are we still compatible? A mm. lot of kinds of questions about what now, what now, what now? And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do some, I'm going to do a really deep dive and really research what makes for zestful aging. Body certainly is part of it. You know, the health, the wellness, all that is in my, uh, uh, kind of uh, under the umbrella, um, but I don't. I don't do much about clinical eating disorders, particularly. I've given a couple talks about that, but that's certainly not the focus of my podcast. My podcast is talking to people in, all over the world. We're in ninety-eight countries, and really talking about you know what we can do as older people to contribute to the betterment of our world. And we know, and I'm sure you know, you know, leaving a legacy is absolutely scientifically proven to help us feel like, you know, we're aging with um, some purpose and some vibrance. So it's all really, there's an underlying research um uh, there's an underpinning of re good research. And I'm sure you're familiar with the Harvard study of adult development, where they look at what really constitutes good health as we age. Um, but so I sort of meshed it with my social work background and saying, let me, let me talk to some people all over the world who are doing really fascinating um, uh, things with their lives. And, and they are over 50. So you mentioned that the inflection point was uh the time that you went to interview someone that was interesting to you and that generated yes. all this other. Uh, prior to that, what was your thinking in terms of uh, podcasting or doing these interviews that would result in podcasts? Had it ever become part of your uh, thinking prior to that time? Well, like everyone, I was a you know big fan of Ira Glass. I saw him at Syracuse mm -hmm. University. It was incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. He started uh, his presentation in the complete pitch dark. And he said, this is how we sound. It's not about how you look. It's about how you sound. Mm -hmm. That, you know, his art really made an impact on me. But, you know, psychotherapist, I did some online courses and I wasn't, you know, I, I it was on my radar. But um, until my tech assistant said, I think you'd really like it. I did some interviewing um, for a couple courses that I did. And I just have a knack for it because I'm, I'm generally really interesting and curious about people. So I don't have to fake it, which is something that I talk mm -hmm. about in my book, only interview people you're interested in, and then you won't have to fake it. 
Um, so it was on my radar, but I wasn't thinking, hey, I'm a psychotherapist and now I want to be a podcaster. I had done some professional writing, but you know, I, I think a lot of people say this, you know, I'm one-on-one -on -one mostly with clients. We're talking about issues that I know pertain to so many of us. And I thought, I, I love my job, but I want a bigger audience. And also I love, um, thinking about things in a global, my father was a first um, generation immigrant. Um, I was raised kind of thinking about New York not being the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, so, you know, I thought I want to do this globally. I want to know what the people in like um, Sudan think about aging. I want to know about people in Australia and, you know, what I found. And I don't know what your experience is, but the people I've spoken to in the UK are really quite ahead of us. Um, in thinking about uh, the needs of elders and policy mm -hmm. and all of this. So um, I, I, I applied to be a speaker at the International Federation of Aging in Toronto. I got accepted. I went. And you know how things kind of snowball. And then one thing led to another. I became a media partner. But it wasn't like, hey, I really want to be a podcaster. It was like, hey, I need a wider audience. I'm working really hard here for just one person <laughs> to, mm -hmm. you know, to benefit from my experience and, 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 um, how much I've uh, researched about this. Mm -hmm. Well, I think uh, I think we agree with you that when it comes to people in our age group uh, attending attempting to pursue some of these technologies uh, for either in some of their cases to build a business because they're using their expertise to develop what we call an encore business, uh, or in the case of uh, the classic example of our Dr. Coffee Brown, um, who asked us to do a series of shows with him on the uh, coronavirus. And then after that series was done, I think we did 37 of them, he called us back and he said, I'd like to start interviewing people that are doing research in various areas of medicine. And we asked him why. And he said, because I want to leave a legacy. Mm. And this is it. I mean, I say in the introduction to my podcast, I say, uh, you know, contributing, um, you know, and now I'm not going to remember exactly, but big or uh -huh. small is leaving a legacy. And that is a surefire way to age with vibrance and a deep sense of satisfaction. It's not like when we were 16 and we're like, we got, uh, I got my license. Woohoo. You know, right. I'm going to the, I'm going to the prom with Johnny or whatever. It's more of a, like a quiet, deep, deep satisfaction, like I'm contributing and I'm hopefully leaving things better than I, than I found them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot mm -hmm. of work to be done. And, um, if I can provide a platform and a showcase for people who are doing beautiful work, that's what I want to do. I want to be mm -hmm. a conduit. And I think, uh, having a purpose and this is more than just my opinion, it's my opinion based on how I feel at my age. Uh, having a purpose is one of the elements of maintaining, uh, uh, I don't want to say, I, I think I'm hesitant to call it a youthful lifestyle, but certainly an active lifestyle. Uh, it generates a lot of interest, you know, being interest, interested in various things. So, 
Absolutely. I think you're on the right track. Absolutely. No, I, I totally, you have to have a reason to get up in the morning. And mm-hmm. I think many people have experienced when they retire, if they don't have what you have, they're like, you know, I can only putter around in the garage for so long. I can only have coffee with my friends for so long. And now mm-hmm. what? And that's my experience. The research bears that out is that that passion is what keeps us alive and the curiosity. And I still, I mean, I'm kind of childlike, I guess, in some way, I'm still thrilled. And, you know, I'm talking to these people about things that are so near and dear to my heart. And I have to like pinch myself sometimes and say, I cannot believe all I have is a laptop, a mic, and a little, you know, focus right or whatever, uh-huh. you know, and um, I get to do this. And we're doing a time like, okay, you're nine and a half hours ahead. I just, I still, after 250 interviews, um, I'm still just thrilled to be able Mm -hmm. to do it. It's wonderful. Uh, It's a wonderful and healthy and nurturing experience from from what we've learned. Shelly, back to you. So I listened to a couple of your episodes today, and you you mentioned it in your talk just a few minutes ago as well, and it was something that was visual and stuck with me, is the wife wanting to do something in her retirement years or, you know, 55 plus, and the husband saying, I'm retired, I just want to sit here and watch my history channel. (laughs) Yes. And (laughs) it reminds me of my husband, uh, he went to our financial advisor, um, who we had on our show a a few weeks back, Peter Liefer. And uh, he said, Peter said to my husband, so what is your encore career? What's your next act? What are you doing next? And my husband was just like, what are you talking about? I'm just going to lay around in the hammock and read a book. Um, and Peter was like, no, you have to have a purpose. You need to have a plan or you're just going to die. That's what happens to people. They they don't have a purpose, a reason to get up in the morning, a reason to push and, and move forward with their lives, a reason to get up and walk around and do stuff. They just die. They have, they've got nothing. They shrivel right? up. I mean, so I feel like at 60. How do we, how do we tell our husbands, mm. get up out of that chair, stop watching history channels, do some stuff. Well, now you're going to tap into my psychotherapy brain. I mean, you know, this is tricky, right? I mean, I have things I'd love to change about my husband and it hasn't worked yet. He doesn't, you know, he likes wearing old holy clothes out to the grocery store as much as I say, you know, can you put something on that doesn't have garden, you know, soil on it? Um, I think that's really tricky. And I guess my my sense of it is, is that you do your thing, you go and like I'm a tennis player. My friends are my age. We love playing. We play hard. But, you know, we're not going to go to the U.S. Open anytime soon. Right. Mm-hmm. But those are my people. And it just keeps me I, 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 it's even hard to put into words and you do that and you you know, whatever it is that you love to do it doesn't matter it could be knitting group it could be you know surfboarding whatever you want and then I think you know you, your spouse watches you and you're coming home and you're you're sweaty and you're happy and you say oh we won in a tie break and mm-hmm. and then you have this enthusiasm And I think that 
you know, the hope is that they'd say that looks a little more interesting and how much World War II history do I really need to know? And so I think that, you know, you lead by example, but if the person really is not interested in joining you, I mean, many people will say, listen, I want to go to Iceland and there's a group of women going. Is that mm -hmm. something you'd like to do or should I pursue it myself? And hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, you get some interest going. If mm -hmm. not, then we have something that I'm sure you're familiar with. It's called the gray divorce. And you get to the <laughs> point where you say, listen, um, I don't want to do what you're doing and there's not enough. Um, there's not enough left after we've raised the kids or, uh -huh. or, or you know, and so then this is, uh, as you know, it's a very, um, very common time now for, for people to split up. Uh -huh. mm. Yeah, it is. So I, I don't want to break this, uh, the questioning at all, but we've had someone in the room ask, may I get uh, the podcast name? This sounds intriguing and would like to listen more, but 3.30 a.m. comes early. That's one of our uh, viewers that uh, that's on the East Coast and starts their work at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, so what dear. I'd like to do is I'd like to go to your website and then just sure. tell us a little bit about um, where people can find the podcast sure. and uh, the, the name, where they can find it, things like that. Absolutely. And then, and then we'll come back to the Q&A. Sure. Zestful Aging. You can find it at zestfulaging.com. Uh, it's on iTunes and all the, all the platforms. Um, and I really say this sincerely. I love getting feedback. I love getting feedback from my listeners, good, bad, or indifferent. Tell me what you want to hear. I mean, I have my own ideas about what's interesting. They may not match everyone's. I just didn't, oh, there's me playing tennis. That's actually, uh, um, Jilly Smith, she's a woman who founded Anne Frank UK um, mm -hmm. in England and has been all over the world. She's worked with Angelina Jolie in trying to bring um, acceptance tolerance to the world. That's me and my rebounder. There's my dog <laughs> Sparky. He's actually right underneath me. Um, I'm getting ready for the New York Empire Games there. Um, and I've also written a book. We can talk about that later about we podcast will. interviewing. Yep. So, you know, I'm easy to find zestful aging and, um, I'd love to hear your feedback. Please let me know what's important to you, what you'd like to learn about, what you'd like to hear about. Um, and I, I would appreciate that. So it looks like, uh, for those of you that are, are interested, you can listen to her most recent podcasts on her zestfulaging.com website. Mm -hmm. But also you can see she's on Google, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Heart Radio, all the uh, major podcast uh, distributors uh, or hosts rather, and you can download it uh, from there and listen as well. I've started listening to her podcasts while I'm uh, driving. So, Thank you, Shelley, I appreciate back. that. My pleasure, glad yeah. that I could. Yeah. Shelly, back to you. Uh, so. While we were on the topic anyway, let's get into your book. What is your book about? What made you decide to write the book? And, mm. um, you know, what was the experience like? Oh, boy, those are a lot of questions. The book is <laughs> called Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer. And, um, you know, this is going to be 
a little bit different than maybe you've heard before. I have a son on the uh, spectrum, the Asperger, he's Asperger's. And mm -hmm. um, I think for parents who have special needs kids, they know it's a really long haul. It's mm -hmm. very difficult. It's very draining. And I think writing the book really helped me feel like, you know, I, I could, there was a beginning, a middle and an end. And I worked at it. I thought about it. I edited it. I hired an editor. I hired a book coach. And it just kept like every single thing, every, all the time and energy really added up to something tangible that I could actually, you know, feel in my hands. And I think, you know, certainly uh, with 30 years experience as a psychotherapist, I, I think I have a lot to say on the subject of good interviewing. And I, frankly, I've heard a lot of interviewers that I think with a little bit of tweaking could be a lot better. Um, so I think that there was a sense of, listen, I'm listening to interviewers and I think they need a little bit of um, adjusting or, or, or thought in some areas. And also I just, it was a really helpful project for me to feel like, um, uh, I could accomplish something very, very definite, discreet, and kind of counteracting this. When you have a kid with special needs, you just crossing your fingers most of the time. Hmm. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about the book. Um, mm -hmm. What, what, uh, if someone were to put your spin, I'm going to purchase mm -hmm. it right after the show. Thank uh, you. What can I expect to gain or learn from it? Right. I mean, I think the thing is, it's one of these things where it's simple, but it's not easy. And I'm going to put myself right in this category. I'm not like know-it-all and nobody else. Know I'm telling you, it is hard to listen. And we think, we all think we're listening. Um, it's like we all think we're funny, right? <laughs> um, and sometimes <laughs> some are more funny than others. But, you know, most of us are really, if we're going to be super honest, we're just waiting for the other person to stop talking so that we can insert our, you know, our words of wisdom. And I think it's something about putting your ego aside. And I tell a story in the book, I went to the Apple store to get my phone and then, you know, they transfer the data. And I don't know if this is still, this was pre-COVID. And I thought I, I thought I should I, I should have packed a, a, a picnic. It, I was there forever. <laughs> and this mm. young guy, real sweetheart, college student said, we taught, I guess he saw on my computer, I'm a podcaster. And he was just beside, you're a podcaster. Oh my God. I want to be a podcaster. Oh my goodness. I want to be a podcaster. And I said, what would you like to podcast about? And he stopped and he said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, buddy, it's a medium, right? It's not an end in and of itself. And I think um, many of us go in without a really clear goal. Mm -hmm. Who are we reaching? What do we want to do? What are we What are we offering? And who, you know, who is our audience? And I'm not even just talking about an avatar, but like, what's the purpose of this thing? Mm -hmm. You know, who mm -hmm. cares? Um, and and you know, so I try to put to use that filter. So there's that. It's like, how do you know you're really listening? Um, what are, what are your goals? What's the main goal? I talk also about the technical aspects, like many people have monotone voices and you mm -hmm. can have the most fabulous content. If you talk in a monotone voice, nobody's going to want to hear it. Um, so some of that's technical. I talk about warming up voice. I talk about um, 
one of my, like, I, it's not really a secret, but one thing I learned as a, uh, a therapist in training, my supervisor many years ago, oh my gosh, this was like in the early 90s, said to me, the devil is always in the details. And I thought, oh, well, whatever, that's a cliche. <laughs> but every time I ask a follow-up question from a client, and I think I'm pretty sure I know what they're going to say, I'm almost always wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so people will, you know, they say their stuff and then many interviewers will just be like, okay, so now tell me about this. And I say, no, no, don't, 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 uh, shift. You're leaving all the money on the table. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do, and now I'm just in the habit of it is, is following up. Well, what do you mean by that? Can you say mm -hmm. more or, um, I'm not sure I understand. Can you rephrase it? And so really drawing this out because when people come on my show and they've got these canned answers because they've been interviewed 9 million times and they give me the same canned stuff, it is not interesting. It uh -huh. doesn't have emotional right. content. It's facts. My mm -hmm. audience has enough facts. Nobody wants more facts. Mm -hmm. What we want is an emotional experience. So if I can draw people out and my husband teases me and he says, oh, did you make your guests cry again? I'm like, I don't <laughs> do that deliberately. But, but the idea is to draw, what is it like? What does that mean? What does that say about mm -hmm. you? And I try not to like be all like shrink about it, but they have given me the absolute consistent feedback um, that the interview was really deeply enjoyable, different. And mm -hmm. I just interviewed a, um, a journalist, Dana Marcy, uh, Macy rather. And she, and I put this up on my like little graphic. She said, you know, you're the best interviewer I've ever uh, spoken to. And I take that very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, it's because I ask all I ask the follow-up and I say, and I don't let them just give me the superficial. As we, uh, so there's a couple of things that we're uh, familiar with. We actually, in our course, the first part of the course is having the conversation with the individual uh, about some of the questions you ask. Why are you doing this? What is this about? How much time are you willing to invest? Where do you, where do you want to go with it? You know, uh, and then the second thing is uh, this, the skill, uh, interviewing is a skill that can be learned. Absolutely. It is, you're, you're not born with the interviewing skill. You have to learn yeah. it. And everybody can get that opportunity if they give themselves a, a, a chance. So. And you know what I think is really wonderful? I think you're absolutely right. Um, and I say in the book, you know, what's really great about this is you try this and you're going to get instant results, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that people love that, you know, they, mm -hmm. they don't hop around so much. And I ask them also to look at interviewers that are sort of famous, big people, the Oprah's, the David Letterman the, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's, um, mm -hmm. all of these people notice what they do, what they do, right. And then what you say, wait a minute, what do you do? Why are you, why are you shifting gears? They were, you can see that the, your guest was welling up. You could see that they were touching something deeper. Why are you now going to ask them about their car collection? Mm -hmm. So it sort of helps them be critical, um, thinkers about the process. The other thing is, and I'm sure you include this, is, you know, 
to, and I've had to learn this myself, um, is to let your personality and your quirks shine through. And that was hard for me at first. I'm still working on it because as a therapist, you know, we're not about saying, hey, this is who I am, everybody. You know, here's mm -hmm. my personal life. That is not seen as a professional. So I've had to be careful, but, you know, really kind of letting a little bit hang out there. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to like it and some people aren't. So you, you know, yeah. uh, I used to teach a course called Sentient Sales, and part of the the underlying principle behind it is the more you ask questions and the more you listen, the more connected that person becomes to you. And the second thing is the more you allow yourself to be vulnerable in front of that person, the more they become uh, connected. It's just the nature of sentience. So, but I do want to tell you- it. My my heroes in terms of interviewing, and I didn't know it at the time because I used to watch it with my father. I was just a child, but my, my first hero was Edward R. Murrow, oh, uh, wow. because he was a master at it. But then I became fascinated with the work of Studs Terkel, uh, wow. and uh, and he he didn't start as a, he was an engineer. He was a radio engineer, so he didn't start as a great interviewer. But he spent a life a lifetime becoming one. So, Shelley, back to you. <laughs> okay. I have like all these share. I not know. Ask I any just, questions, no, I just I'll leave the questions up to you. Do a little sharing circle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Nicole, um, what other things are you doing right now to expand your um, online presence and uh, share your book and your knowledge with the world? Um, well, I'm speaking at the independent podcast conference in Philadelphia. I'm, um, I'm speaking at uh, other online um, kind of uh, uh, situations like this one um, uh, in, that are based in different countries. Hmm. Um, I'm waiting to hear back from a couple of places that I've uh, said, hey, I've got this book. It's kind of unusual. So I've got people reading it. Um, and, you know, I'm sharing it on social. I mean, I'm not trying. Of course, I want a lot of people to read it. I'm going to my local libraries and I'm talking about it. But I have a full-time job as a clinician. I'm also an avid tennis player. I have four dogs and I have a kid with some special needs. So, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't put 100% of um, my energies into it. But I am certainly reaching out. And anytime I get anything from podcast people or uh, organizers or anything, and they say, oh, you know, come look at our stuff, I always send something back and I say, listen, um, you know, I just wrote this book and and uh, there's, a, uh, there's a new... Um, you may know about it. It's a women's international podcast it's not exactly an association, but they, um, so they're going to be looking at it for me to do some speaking, but you know, whenever, and I think that's, you guys are the experts at this, but what I do is whenever I have an opportunity and someone has some interest, I say, Hey, I wrote this book. Can I uh -huh. send it to you? I I'm kind of, um, I don't know. I, people tease me a bit, but I just like take, the opportunities. And if they don't like, mm -hmm. it, I mean, I know it's good. I put my heart and soul into it. I, you know, I paid an editor. I know it's a quality piece. And I just, I guess I feel like, you know, at some point 
it, it will speak for itself. And maybe that's a terrible business plan, but um, I'm doing what I can. I'm, I'm not hiring anybody to promote mm-hmm. it, but anytime I have an opportunity um, and I talk to certainly like, for example, today, my interview was with someone who has a huge following on Twitter. She's going to promote it. And, and I talk to my guests who are, you know, really top in their field many times and mm-hmm. make a connection as, as Toby mm-hmm. made. And, and then they want to, they want to help. Mm-hmm. So let me go back to uh, Amazon for just a second. So I sure. can let folks know what I've done. So yeah. I, I do want to re-mention that uh, the book that Nicole is talking about is the book that she's written called, not just chatting how to become a master podcast interviewer. It is on Amazon and I've po- posted the link uh, on uh, to her Amazon book uh, in case you want to purchase it. So, uh, and uh, we'll go back. I, I did have a question, Shelly, but it's going to take you talking for just a second so I can remember what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, cl- I, I claim senior Why did I come memory. in this room, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> right. All right. Um, so we've covered uh, Nicole's life, uh, her, her career, up to becoming a podcaster and then uh, her podcast and what it's about and the types of people she enjoys interviewing and how long she's been doing that. And then we've talked about her book, uh, Not Just Chatting, and how she is sharing that with the world and um, wanting to uh, share her knowledge and in whatever way possible, but mostly through podcasting. And did that spur anything? <laughs> uh, the, the spur. Well, the, the the question is, what happens next? Oh Where do you well, go you know, here? thank you for thank you for saying that because I wanted to kind of slip this in. This is my dream, and I'm putting it out there for people to hear. I want to go on public radio and have a half an hour interview show. And so I have applied to some of my local NPR um, affiliates, I guess, mm-hmm. and I'm being considered for one. Um, but that is what that's that's what would just, you know, put the icing on the cake is, you know, not have to worry about the tech, have the support mm-hmm. of a public radio station. And and it would delight me to no end to be able to interview people all over. There is such a need for optimism. Mm-hmm. And my 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 really true wish is that when I talk about to people who these, you know, it's not, as we know, being an adult is not easy. And if you've reached 50, you have been knocked down unless you're some kind of statistical anomaly. Mm -hmm. And the people that I talk to, you know, they have had, you know, recurrent cancer, children, all the stuff that's really hard. And I guess what I'm hoping is that I can illustrate even after all that, the resilience and then having an encore career, even though there have been struggles difficulties, um, all kinds of uh, uh, road bumps that, you know, if you're a grown up, you have experienced loss and pain and all of that. And so, uh, you know, part of it is to put some um, kind of uh, positive um, uh, examples out there of like, yeah, life has been hard at times. And, but listen to these people who are traveling, mm-hmm. who are doing really interesting things, who are writing these books, who are, I'm going to be uh, talking to a woman who's in her seventies, who's walking the Pacific crest trail. Mm-hmm. I mean, just doing really interesting things. And it's not because life is easy and it's so, you know, it, 
but because in some ways, because it's been hard. So I wanted to, to, uh, kind of, uh, show an example and, and, and help people feel some op optimism and hope. Uh, I think, uh, one of the things about people in our, uh, age group, um, is that we've gotten to a point in life where, uh, we've had some success and that's what people see in that. Um, and, uh, one of the areas that I thought was interesting was at some point later in her life, I interviewed my mother who was a successful artist who had taught school, things like that. And I started interviewing her and asking her these questions. And I didn't realize until that time, how difficult her life was how she had to how the, her, she and her family had to survive through the depression how she um, went through world war 2 working in los uh, around los angeles as a as an aircraft uh, you know i didn't know all of those things about her and i think aircraft that's kind of riveter. the uh, yeah a riveter um, <laughs> really and, wow uh, yeah she was a literally uh, Rosie the Riveter. Rose, Rosie the Riveter, yeah. <laughs> she was a petite, so they used to send her down to the end of the aircraft where the cone was, the rear cone, on a B-25 Mitchell. Uh, it was a, a B-25 Mitchell bomber, and the, the tail tail cone was pointed, but she was small enough to get down there. That's I had fascinating. More, I had no idea, and this was my mother. Uh, I just assumed she had had a great life as being an interesting artist, et cetera. And I think that's what's fun for the interviews that we conduct, and I'm sure for the ones that you conduct, is that you find out things about these people that although they seem to you outwardly at this point in life as true successes, um, they do a really good job. And I don't, I don't think it's hiding their uh, bumps in the road, as you referred to them earlier, they just don't think about them in that context until you ask them. And then they look at it as, oh yeah, there was a time where I was in a four car crash and I was in the hospital for six. It, 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 right. And that's when it comes out like, oh, you survived that. And that's you can see right. it made them a better uh, person. So more resilient. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, life is can be very brutal. And, uh -huh. um, you know, I see that with my clients all the time, but they're, you know, I'm, so I'm trying to promote this idea that, yeah, you know, it is not, it is not easy at times. And yet, and yet, you know, there's, there's a lot of beauty to be had. So have you heard from she podcasts? Did they get all their uh, I speakers? I don't know. So uh, I'm going to send you a link. Uh, Shelly and I are going to a podcasting conference in Scottsdale in October. Is that right? And it's called She Podcast. It was specifically for women, but I paid the price to get in. And they said, okay, we'll let you in. Uh, but there was a point, there was a point at which, uh, at which they were looking for speakers. Yes, I actually uh, applied. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I have not heard yet, but they have got oh. some real stars and yeah. I'm part of their online community mm -hmm. and they are, they have done a fantastic job um, growing. Mm -hmm. And I'm really uh, kind of, uh, I just really admire, I think it's Jessica and mm -hmm. Elsie. Am I, am right. I remembering yeah. correctly? And, you know, they're powerhouses and they do very different kinds of stuff that I do, but I really admire their tenacity. By the way, I mean, you probably know Jessica has had uh, some some very profound tragedy in her life. Mm -hmm. She talks about it quite openly 
which I really appreciate and admire, but I am familiar with it. And um, I know there is, uh, there's some wonderful speakers. Well, we, uh, we are planning to be there. So yeah, we get to meet, we hope you get there. Uh, We'd love to meet you. Thank you. You as well. Yes. Back to you. You All right. Any other uh, plans for the future that you wanted to bring up at this time? Well, on Sunday, I'm going to the uh, New York Empire State Games to play singles tennis, which not a lot of women or men do at 59. Singles Mm -hmm. isn't really (laughs) what they want to do. I pay for it the next day, but I love it, um, Mm -hmm. so I don't care. So that's coming up this Sunday. Um, As I mentioned, I'm going uh, to do some speaking in uh, in the independent uh, Joe Pardo's conference. Um, a lot of people know Super Joe Pardo. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of other things in the works. I've got an application in for a TEDx talk. Um, and, you know, I think just like all of us, we're kind of uh, looking out for things that are great matches. Um, and I'll continue to do what I'm doing. I mean, I know it's really important to set goals and, and attention, but I think there's also for me, there's just like this, um, I'm talking to people and I don't know who they know and mm-hmm. how we're going to connect. And there's also a mystery and a playfulness mm-hmm. in that like they may, you know, know the host of, uh, they may know Ira Glass for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, my hope is that uh, at some point, you know, there'll be a connection. There certainly have been wonderful connections so far. People I never thought that I'd be able to speak with and have ongoing relationships with. So uh, for me, it's a bit of a, uh, it, it's just a thrill to say like, oh, I know that they've done this really interesting work um, uh, with uh, refugees or whatever, but until you talk to them, you know, you, you never know what you else know. Okay. you have in common. Yeah. Right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, I think, um, all we have for this evening, but we do appreciate your time and that uh, you came to share your wisdom with us this evening. Nicole, thank you. Thank you for having me. And we look forward to uh, future conversations. We certainly look forward to seeing you, uh, uh, forward to seeing you possibly at uh, She Podcasts in October. Thank you. All right. So what do we have left this week? All right. Well, thank you for being here tonight for Messages and Methods. Be here with us tomorrow night for Shelly Carney Live Stream Coach. We're going to talk some more about social audio and how the encore entrepreneur can take advantage of social audio to uh, connect with people they may want on their podcast or they may want to do business with. So join us tomorrow night, 7 o'clock for that. And then uh, next Tuesday, what can people join us for? People join us uh, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we're going to be on Clubhouse at 4 p.m. We have our own club called Rewired, Not Retired. So join us there. We're going to be talking about, again, social audio and Clubhouse and how we use it. And we'll be back next week for three more live shows. And also, if you're interested in joining us on our program, uh, uh, messages and methods. You're a senior, an encore entrepreneur, and you'd like to tell your story, uh, go to journey.agkmedia.studio and fill out the application there. There's uh, several videos explaining how we work and what we expect and uh, just some information about you. Please, we'd love to have you on our show. Uh, you can actually, uh, once you're done with the preliminary part, you can actually schedule your show date. So journey.agkmedia.studio. 
Thank you again. Uh, hang on, let me close this up here. Uh, for joining us, Nicole, we really appreciate the conversation. We're glad My you pleasure. took the time to join us. And I'm sure we'll have future conversations. I hope so. Thank you for joining us for the AGK Media Studio podcast with Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe, leave a great review, and comment with questions or ideas for future shows. Share our podcast with your family and friends and discover how you can become a creative campaign producer at agkmedia.studio or join our Facebook group, Leveraging Your Content. Check the show notes for links and resources and please come back again next week.